0: This is the South Florida Tech Podcast, a weekly show where we bring you the awesome, innovative people building our South Florida tech community. Each week, we'll introduce to you one of the Sunshine State's top business, startup, or tech leaders. Learn about who they are, what they do, and have some fun conversation along the way. Our podcast sponsor is Emerge Americas. Each year, global enterprises, disruptive technology, and elite startups are highlighted at eMerge's premier tech event, Connecting the Americas. The event is held in Miami Beach, which to date has hosted organizations from over 40 countries and featured over 250 speakers from around the world. eMerge Americas is transforming Miami's tech hub by connecting entrepreneurs, investors, leading business executives, and decision makers.
1: Our guest for today is John Machado. He's the Chief Technology Officer at the Ultimate Kronos Group, one of the leading technology companies here in South Florida and a global provider of HCM payroll and workforce management solutions to companies all over the world. Uh, Before starting as CTO, he was the Senior Vice President of Development and similarly leading technologists in all parts of UKG's company to really help build the company and its uh, products forward. Uh, When not in the office, John enjoys uh, spending time with his wife and his children, uh, Christopher and Samantha, while sipping on hot cups of Cafe Con Leche. Uh, John is also a member of our board of directors and a really amazing fellow. Uh, John, thank you
2: so much for joining our podcast today. Well, thank you, Joe and Joe. Uh, It's an honor to be here, glad to be here. Um, And a shout out to Emerge. Uh, They are a great group and foundation, so big supporter yeah but
1: looking forward to us being able to go to that awesome event again uh here hopefully in not too uh not too long but uh john why don't you just you know get us kicked off and give us uh the elevator speech and what you do with ukg and tell us a little bit about yourself
2: so um i'll start with uh, so the ultimate chronos group is the combination of formerly ultimate software with Kronos software that came together uh, basically about nine months ago, a merger of the two companies, um, Ultimate Software previous to the merger, uh, 6,000 person company focused most on North American customers around uh, human capital management software. It's kind of what we've been and done, been in South Florida since its inception and founding um, almost 30 years before the merger. So we've been here in South Florida uh, since the beginning uh, with our headquarters. We still keep a headquarters here, even as UKG. Uh, our sister company that now is together as one is Kronos. They're in Lowell, Massachusetts, and they were, uh, well, a world leader in workforce management software. And so we've become, came together this year, and I have the honor and privilege of leading the um, thousands of technologists in that great group as the chief technology officer. And basically uh, most of my focus is on building and delivering uh, world-class human capital management software for our customers, uh, as well as uh, leading and guiding the uh, technology strategies for the combined company. Uh, Been with Ultimate, now UKG because it carries over about 13 years and uh, started as they uh, basically was hired to build the first infrastructure as a service concept uh, for the beginning of hosting our software uh, 30 years ago at Ultimate. So it's been a fun ride.
3: That's pretty amazing. Being uh, anywhere in tech for 13 years is uh, a testament to good times. So I, I, I hope we're gonna dive into that more and, and uncover those good times. but. The other thing I was just thinking, hearing you you talk and and uh, talk about the merger and how long you've been there, is wow, like it's one thing to merge teams, but also to merge technology and probably offering you know product offering and service to clients. And I, I bet that must have been such an experience. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit uh, about that and and talking about UKG and also you know, not only that journey and process, but a little bit about what differentiates you guys, guys from, you know, other HCM solutions.
2: Sure, um, definitely uh, not an easy thing to do to bring two companies of the exact same size, revenue, um, everything. We're basically mirror images of each other from a business perspective. And then you throw a global pandemic in the middle of it. So it has been um, interesting on the timing as uh, we closed, I believe, I want to say eight, first week of April on the merger. Uh, so we, we got, we like to joke, we got about three months of that pre-closed date uh, time together and thought, okay, we this will all be easy and we'll, we'll rule the world. And then had a global pandemic hit. So that, that added some layers, uh, you could imagine, to bringing that together. The one thing, though, that has made it uh, possible, I wouldn't even say easier, but possible, is that both companies had very similar uh, backgrounds. They had strong founders with strong principles that were very similar. And those, those things are kind of what our secret sauce is, which is it starts with, it's in our tagline, our purpose is people. Um, you know, both companies had very strong beliefs that the most important thing that you can do as um, as a service provider or a software provider or any provider of anything is take care of your customers, um, and that so that we that is very strong and built into both. The other thing that's a little different that both had, though, also is that both companies and founders believe that the best way to take care of your customers is to take care of your people, to take care of your own employees that take care of those customers. And so that we we had very, very similar principles and that really helps along the way when you are making decisions that at least you're, you're coming at it from a very similar perspective and that you're, you know, you're leveraging common principles when making those decisions. So definitely a lot of that going on with putting the customer and the customer experience as the driver. And when you do that, it starts to really make a lot of decisions a lot easier uh, because you don't really get into a tug of war. Well, this is how we did it. This is how, no, no, this is how we want to do it. Or this tech is better than that. It's step back, forget the past. Let's look forward. What's the best path forward for our customers? And we've really used that as kind of the compass and that has really helped us navigate through this effort, but um, it's still not simple when you are bringing um, two six thousand person companies uh, together. Uh, the other, though, cool thing that was interesting when when we and what made us so compatible wasn't just our philosophies and our principles. Um, it was also rare that although we were both in similar markets, we only had about. 18% overlap of customers. So to have um, two, you know, multi-billion dollar a year revenue companies have less than, than uh, you know, 20% overlap, uh, that also allowed a lot of space to say, we, we each have these customer groups that we've got to take care of and they don't overlap. So um, we, we really do have an opportunity here to uh, potentially sell more to those customers help them in in ways we couldn't have before when we were separate as well as now change the dynamic of what we consider market scope for the existing products we have so all of that kind of came together with its good bads. but yeah it's been it's been a fun uh nine months so far Mm -hmm. uh and but progressing nicely
3: that's great i mean uh pretty amazing to hear that also on the market like sounds like such a huge win so that's great really exciting stuff
2: and, you
1: know, on that uh, same point, you know, one one of the fun parts of, I think, the new company is the logo is uh, actually a uh, smiling face uh, of sorts. And uh, as you can probably see in the background there, but uh, the whole idea of that is UKG and its software and its solutions are uh, making people happy, making employees happy. Uh, and how does UKG kind of more or less direct its efforts to that? Like, hey, we're, we're kind of a force for good. We're a company to help people and make people happy.
2: Yeah, it's, it starts with the, the culture um, and, and the culture has always been one. As I mentioned, like it, it grew from, at, I'm, I'm sure at some point, both companies were formed um, to make money, uh, which is what all companies are made in some form or fashion do. But along the way, as they were making money, both in their own uh, ways, came to the conclusion that um, it's just as important to create um, an environment, a place, a a space that you are improving the the lives of your employees while helping and trying to also improve the lives of other uh, companies' people. Being an HCM in human capital management, basically our our function is to create value for companies in how they lead and manage their most important um, resource asset, our people. Um, and so it it's it's by design that we kind of sip our own champagne and learn mm-hmm. the best practices for running, managing, and leading people through our own operations first, but then we want to figure out the technology and tools that help us do that. We want to turn that around, build that, and offer that to our customers. And so it's 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 something that I think could translate for sure into other industries. But boy, talk about it really being tied to an industry where the whole point of what we do, the whole value of UKG that we offer to our customers is to help them, you know, Create their own culture, lead their people, and improve the work lives of their people. And so that's why you see, yes, it's a smiley face. It's actually two, two people looking at each other um, in that, in that, in that you that's, um, and also a smiley face, right? Um, because it really is, we want it to be there from our tagline um, to our logo that everyone understands that we start with people. Um, even the way we do analytics, our, our AI engine was built on natural language processing first, not on transactional AI that most do it. We actually started with language because language we felt was the most, you know, was the closest thing to the personification or the, or the understanding of people and the emotions and sentiment that people have when working with the system We felt that was the area that we needed to go after first and understand because people really was the driver of everything else even in our software we could easily get eventually to the analytics of transactions that happen i mean we've we've done that but truly like just give you an idea like that's where we start we started with an engine that thought about sentiment and how people feel worked on it for ourselves and then converted that into something that would be a part of our product as an example. So people is not just in in the tagline and not just in our culture, it's now evolved. It's in in how we think about our software. It's in how our solutions function.
3: Super cool. Uh, And it's also always really interesting to hear a a little bit more context on logos (laughs) and where they come from. And even just thinking about like how to reflect sentiments and data, um, you know, obviously like it's surveys, but technology has empowered us to do it in, in more ways than just that. So super, super cool. And I got to say like, you know, since we we found, Wing, we've been doing Wing Code for about seven years. And since day one, Ultimate UKG now has been like the gold standard, the place where everybody wants to work. Um, always revered as like a great team, great people, great place to work, great opportunities for career growth and uh, kudos for that because obviously it's great that that's your flag because that's always going to attract great people and i think ultimately has brought in also cultivated great people here but also brought in really great people into the market so i was curious to learn a little bit more about like you know there are people outside of south florida who would say wow building a tech team in south florida you're crazy, that'll never work. So uh, you've obviously been doing this for a little while, so I'm sure you you think otherwise, but I'd be curious to know kind of what has worked, what hasn't, how have you built in particular the technology team here in South Florida?
2: Sure, well, first off, thank you for the compliment. We, uh, I, I, it means a lot. Um, we, we're, we're very proud of uh, what we built on that sentiment. Um, so, in terms of South Florida, yeah, South Florida is an awesome place to build um, a tech team, quite honestly. And um, it actually hasn't been as hard as many people think. Um, and, uh, but definitely, I actually do this one of the, it's probably the most asked question by other CTOs or others when I'm at conferences or even when, <laughs> Certain yeah, large ben. companies um, like Amazon are looking to relocate here, and they want to interview and understand how to do it. It's like the first thing that they they question is, "Well, how do you get the talent pool? Like, how does that work?" And so, we we are proud to be from and at and built in South Florida. Even today, um, you know, sixty five to sixty seven percent of the technologists on my team are in South Florida. Um, And so I think the the first thing that we we wanted to make sure that we did is we wanted to make sure that we got all the talent that were coming out of the universities before they left. Um, So one key thing that we tried to do, and I think we've been pretty successful at is we went after um, all the homegrown talent before they got a chance to be whisked off to Silicon Valley Or some other place um, after they finished in the university. And so we work very closely with University of Florida, FIU, um, NSU, uh, now starting to probably work a little with FAU, but definitely we we wanted to make sure it's kind of like we didn't want to lose any of the talent out of South Florida because we want everyone to know you didn't have to leave to have um, a really cool job in technology. Um, And so That's been a big part of what we do. uh, Last I checked, um, in my current leadership team, I believe 40% of the leaders at one point were what we call tech stars, meaning they came out of that program that we we grabbed out of the universities. And at our height, I think 40% of my hires um, were coming out of that tech star program. I think now it's more 20, 25%, but a good percentage there. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing that we, we did is um, we, we made sure to sell that we're not Silicon Valley. Um, and that's worked a lot, believe it or not. There's, there's a lot of great talent that went out the did the game out there, and realized that um, if you just want to burn yourself out, knock yourself out, you can do that. But if you've reached now a point where you want um, kind of a full life, a whole life concept, then where you work and the rest of it matters. Um, And that's where honestly the ability to really look someone in the eye and say, not only do I want you to grow as a technologist, I want you to grow as a person and and have a full life, not just work 12 hours a day in somewhat of almost a sweatshop type environment at times just to get a release out. and, and that also has allowed us to take some pretty good talent from um, some big companies that people were just at a different part of their life or just wanted to to do something um, a little different. So those two have really gone a long way. And uh, and I think I, I would I would contribute most of that. And last but not least, it doesn't hurt to have. Um, A really good equity plan Um, and you know when when you have a successful company, and uh, it continues to grow and do well. uh, We've always believed in sharing equity with every employee. Um, And so and especially on the tech side probably even more so kind of percentage ratio to bonuses to be much more equity. um, So that they also can enjoy or be a part of the success Uh, that goes that goes a long way. Because you can get equity still, smaller companies out less than it's, but it's much more of a crapshoot versus um, when it's a rel- really well-established, well-known growth pattern of a company. So th- those have really would have done it, I think.
3: Awesome. So great to hear that.
1: And uh, you know, simple thing going back to you as as a leader. I mean, you've been working at the company for some time. Uh, you're you're now the CTO. You've obviously worked your way up. Uh, what what do you think is really attributed to your professional success as somebody who's obviously started, um, you, you know, a few runs down the ladder and obviously got more or less to the top?
2: Um, so the the biggest part I'd say, and I, I think it's true, and I, I consider myself a technologist first and um, almost everything else after that is uh, I've, I've always had a love and a curiosity at how technology works, but almost more importantly, um, the value of that technology. So not just technology for technology's sake, but the understanding that when in the area of a business or a customer base that you serve, um, to understand the power and value that that brings and to continuously learn Um, all about that, and I mean every aspect. Every aspect of what determines value to how the technology works, to how it scales, to um, what's next, what it replaces, all of that. And I would say earlier in my journey, much, much more of it was just in that realm, just pure improving and learning as a technologist and and just um, kind of working and understanding the power of what that meant um, and always learning, like those, those two things collectively. Then I'd say though, at some point, once you hit leadership areas and it moved into just learning how to empower um, really motivated people uh, that were talented and have and create a common focus or common goal. And in doing that magic happened as a leader. And so I think those Those are the two things It's a base of understanding of the technology and understanding the power of technology and value technology. And then as a leader, it's it's learning that the real power of leadership is helping people understand why they do what they do versus telling them what to do. And then getting really talented people, giving them a really clear goal and get the hell out of the way. And when you do that, amazing things um, happen. Uh, and and including, um, uh, to your point as a leader, being able to move up from, you know, basically a solutions architect on, you know, infrastructure and virtualization when I got here to now uh, being able to be a CTO. Um, Pretty,
3: pretty amazing journey. I mean, it's really, really inspiring. And, um, you know, my, in my previous life, I was in corporate um, and you know it's uh it's not always even though there's a clear path for a career trajectory in in some cases there does come a time where there's that leap to chief executive and that that gap making that leap is like you know there is no roadmap for that it's it's probably maybe there is but i find that it's been different for everyone and so I, i'm wondering you know you said something that you know i think about a lot too which is having the mindset of always learning um, and I'm just wondering, you know, in the moments where you did face challenge or potentially failure, like, how did you, you know, how does one learn to have that mentality? Can, can, you know,
2: yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it's something that, that I think, uh, it, so there's a part that is learned. I really do think you can, you, you, you can, and, and if not learn how to do that jump, cause you're right, you just have to do the jumps. One of those. When you get there then it's sink or swim but you can prep for what it means to jump in that water and know what you're supposed to do at least um and i do think a growth mindset is extremely extremely important and powerful um and it, it really does start with honestly it was it's almost a, a recognition that um no matter how talented no matter how smart no matter how technical or what expertise you are mm-hmm. um The expertise and capability of a team is going to beat that of an individual at any time. And it was this transition to um, wow, the next level of layer is how do you build those teams? The same way you built your capabilities and technologies, how do you build those muscles and skills of leading teams? The same way you built the muscles and skills of being able to code or being able to be a sysadmin or being able to problem solve or whatever your expertise was before that, um, if that's how you, you know, your journey was. And and so it was really that moment of, ooh, that's that's more powerful, that's how to do it. And I do think um, any type of researching and, and reading anything you do around what's called a growth mindset, I think would definitely um, prepare someone as much, but at the end of the day, um, your fight or flight skill on that is gonna be different for everyone. I know some very, very incredibly brilliant people um, that didn't wanna do or couldn't do that, that jump. They're, they're doing brilliant things as um, innovators and architects and everything else that they've said. but that jump into true leading um, of teams or into an executive suite is all, it's not just something that you can learn too, but it's also something you have to realize, is that in you? Um because it, it, it' it's no longer even about your capability. in many cases, it's about your ability um, to care, lead, and and look through the eyes of others more than yourselves. And not everyone can do that.
3: Yeah, totally. So many things to juggle there. So interesting.
2: Yeah. So
1: uh, we only have a few more minutes left, but you know, I want to take this back to kind of you, your family as your hobby for a second and, one of the key questions here, and probably the toughest question uh, of the podcast, is: Do you prefer Xbox, PlayStation, or PC?
2: That is a hard-hitting question, Joe. You do not mess around. <laughs> um, so, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bail because my answer is uh, all of them. Um, they each have a purpose, and they each have a, a different genre of game, if you will, that I prefer to play on. So. Um, definitely on the consoles. Um, I love my sport gaming is all on there. Uh, and on the computer, I, I, I do first, you know, uh, first person shooters and action games there along with any simulation games I like on PC. And then sometimes there's, you know, games that only come out on the PlayStation that don't come out on the Xbox. And then I'll, I'll play those as such. Uh, but uh, I play all of the above and probably play more than I should uh, but it's my guilty pleasure that I enjoy so
0: <laughs> yeah and,
3: I'm, I'm gonna tell everyone uh co- coming in to prepare for the podcast we always have about 10-15 minutes with with the guests and John and Joe both being such avid gamers I think spent half the time sharing tips on on, uh, on their favorite game so so that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah well I think uh- I think the, the conclusion here is we're all nerds and, uh, proud of it. As um,
3: great. Well, we, we always love to close out the podcast with a little rapid fire. So the, uh, the first rapid fire question I have is what is the book on your nightstand currently? What are you currently reading?
2: Right now I'm reading, uh, because I have a, I have an incredible coach, uh, that I, I leverage and he sends me. Uh, holiday reading, and I just got it last week. I'm reading it now. It's Patrick Lencioni's *The Motive*.
3: Oh, love uh, Patrick Lencioni.
2: Yeah, well, uh, the, my coach actually worked for Patrick, so usually the reading has at least one Lencioni tie there. But uh, Brad, it's a great book, uh, by the way. So that, that's what I'm reading right now. So.
3: That's great. Would you recommend it so far?
2: Yeah, I, I would. I, I would recommend it for those that are in a senior leadership. Uh, kind of, kind of position. If, if you're just getting into leadership, i um, sure there's always some nuggets there, but it wouldn't be as powerful as I think it is for someone who's been more of a veteran at it.
3: Great. What is your most productive time of day?
2: So COVID has messed all that up. Um, <laughs> it used to be between 11 PM and 1 AM, uh, because that's when the house and everything was quiet mm-hmm. and, uh, I'd already gamed enough, um, and so then it was just me getting ready for the next day and my thoughts. So it used to be, you know, that, that hour, um, change with COVID, everything's kind of rearranged. Actually I'm finding the mornings now as now I'm going to bed earlier and waking up earlier. And so actually I'd say now it's probably seven to eight thirty in the morning.
3: Okay, great. And on that note, what time do you go to bed?
2: So that has changed. It used to be about 1 32 AM. Now I, I, I'm, I'm out sleeping at like, midnight so I don't know if that, that's just me getting older but yeah
3: that's great and what time do you wake up
2: uh around 6 30 6 30 you know unless it's a weekend on the weekend I'll just till I have to get to bed
3: that's awesome uh favorite podcast if you listen to podcasts uh
2: okay so technology wise would be ThoughtWorks technology one is really good I'm a big ThoughtWorks fan of Ben Martin Fowler um, and then uh, Quest Love Supreme is my non tech uh, one. And, and that's uh, Quest Love from the Roots uh, has an incredible podcast about music and history. And stuff, so,
3: yeah. Awesome. That's super cool. I got to check that out. Um, and then, yeah. is there a motto, yeah. mantra, quote that you live by? And if so, what is that?
2: Hmm. Um, I would say, I guess, it's the advice that has done has been the most useful throughout my life, has been treat others the way you want to be treated. It's uh, simple to the point, but it it just holds in so many different aspects of life. So.
1: And last question, we're going to keep it super short, but what is one bit of advice you have for aspiring tech leaders in South Florida?
2: Yeah, best advice I could give you is always be learning, like continuously be growing and learning and look for uh, whatever might just be outside your comfort zone. Um, That means you should go tackle it. It doesn't mean you should shy away from it. Um, So growth, focus on growth.
1: Awesome, well, we are at time, but I wanted to thank you again, John. Um, Of course, for those listening in, you can go to palmbeachtech.org, learn how to get more involved in our South Florida Tech community. We'd love for you to um, you know tune into the podcast get involved in some events that are coming up here um, but also want to give a shout out to our sponsors at wincode where joe is the co-founder ceo of if you're looking to get involved in technology and learn a thing or two they have really amazing courses for web development ui ux digital marketing uh and, and all of them really online now so you know, the time is better than ever to get involved with Code and learn something new in technology. So uh, thank you, Joe. And thank you so much, John, for spending some time here on the podcast with us.
2: Thank you. thank
0: you guys.
1: Have a good day, everybody. Bye.
0: We'd like to thank our producing sponsor, MediaOps. They're the premier global media platform for technical communities with brands such as DevOps.com, Security Boulevard, Container Journal, and Digital Anarchist. DevOps.com, their primary brand, attracts and engages a thriving online community of technology professionals around the world. It is the largest collection of original content relating to DevOps on the web today, featuring up to the minute news, highlighted stories, blogs, and more.